Beyond the headline with Aldrin Simpia right here on SAFM. It is 11 minutes now before 5 o'clock. We're in conversation next with the Mighty Max mother, Megan Friedman. So in, it's a celebration for Mackenzie Mighty Mac Friedman and her family. Two years ago, Mackenzie received an official diagnosis of acute myeloid leukemia. And after founding her stem cell match and underwent her life-changing transplant, last week's test came back indicating that she has reached 100% donor chimerism. We are now joined by her mother, Megan Friedman. Megan, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. How's the family feeling? that now you've reached this 100% donor chimerism? So I think we're all a little bit still in disbelief and we don't really know quite what to do with ourselves because Mm. it's taken us two and a half years to get to this point, um, two and a half years of daily chemo, monthly bone marrow biopsies, uh, lots and lots of operations, many, many tears. um, And I think... We don't really know what the next, what this means for the future. We still have to meet with her transplant team so that we can figure out next steps. But yeah. beyond being yeah, shocked, uh, we obviously are ecstatic. Uh, this is what we've been waiting for for the longest time. Yeah. And how's Mackenzie doing? She's doing great. I'm sure you can probably hear her shouting in the background. Oh, is that her in the background? She actually had her last, what we hope will be her last bone marrow biopsy um, for a while this morning. Uh, so she was in hospital this morning just to test that the cancer cells, the cells are still all in remission um, because it's quite a complex interaction between the donor chimerism and the cancer being in remission. But we are hoping and trusting that everything is fine and that that will be the last time that we have to have her in hospital for a while. Do you know who the donor is? We don't know who the donor is. The donor process is an anonymous process. Mm. Um, We know that he, we know that it's a male and we know that he was 24 years of age when he donated uh, the cells and we that is that's all we know for now they'll we're allowed to find out if she makes it to five years post transplant so that's the the date that they draw in the sand for the donor and the recipient to meet yeah and all of this happening just before her birthday i wonder how you guys will be celebrating eh? (laughs) yeah Uh, I'm sure there will be very big celebrations for her birthday next yeah, year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speak to us about the medical team that you guys are working with as well. Sure. We've got an unreal medical team. Uh, our main, our head oncologist is a doctor called Dr. Nadia Berenger. She's at the Donald Gordon um, Medical Center and she is the most unbelievable doctor I've ever met in my life. She's not only a doctor, but she's become one of our very good friends. She treated Mackenzie like she was her own child throughout our journey and we were so lucky to have her. We also had incredible ICU doctors at the um, at the Donald Gordon because unfortunately Mackenzie was ventilated a few times, so mm. she was in ICU for a while. Uh, they've got the most unreal team there. We also have consulted with or Nadia and the transplant doctors because uh, there's a different team of transplant doctors who are also incredible. They're at the transplant facility across the road from Donald Gordon. They've all consulted with doctors across the world, I think from America to Israel to um, London. And everyone's kind of come together to find out the best way forward for this little girl because her cancer was obviously an extremely rare and dangerous type of cancer, especially to be diagnosed with at four months old. Yeah, yeah. 
And also considering that this happened during the height of COVID-19, I wonder um, from the work that's been done by the medical team, if they were able to deduce that the reason that um, this particular process was so was so long and difficult was also a contribution of COVID-19. I don't think that um, her treatment was in any way affected by COVID. She was mm. fortunate that she didn't actually get COVID while we were in the hospital. The only reason she didn't get COVID was because she was actually ventilated for something else at the time. Okay. I think what it did do is it contributed to um, huge difficulties in having to overcome her treatment because it meant that her her dad and I were hospitalized with her for in excess of eight months where we weren't allowed to leave the hospital, enter it or exit it at all. And nobody was allowed to come in and visit us. So we were all alone with her for a long period of time. And all the, all the people that we saw were the doctors and the nurses that were there on a daily basis. So we obviously became very close with her treatment team. And I don't know if that maybe contributed to them feeling a sense of yeah. bonding with her. or, But it, it obviously was a very difficult time for us and our family to try and get through. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how are you and your husband doing? Yeah, we we're good. We um we have another little girl now. She's nearly oh, two. Uh, congratulations. So we we're very busy yeah. uh, running around after two toddlers. <laughs> um, you can imagine we we're quite tired. I think I've got a little bit of PTSD that I'm trying to deal with and yeah. and make my way through. But aside from that, we yeah we we're blessed with two happy and healthy children right now. So yeah. we are as good as can be. Can you take us back to May 2021 when you were told about the AML diagnosis? Oh, and you're going to make me cry talking about it because it's it's really, I remember it like yesterday. Um, she, Mackenzie, was a perfectly healthy, happy little baby. And at four months old, she got a bit of a fever. She woke up with a fever and she was just a bit miserable and I remember phoning my sister who had two children by that stage and she said it's just a fever babies get fevers don't stress about it give her a culpol and for some reason I think between her granny and I we decided let's just rather take her to the GP and the GP sent us home that night and he said it's a bit weird that she's got this fever and I can't see any signs of infection but bring her back in the morning if it hasn't gotten gone away and we had quite a rough night with her, her temperature got, got quite high and so when we took her back in the morning, I remember it very clearly because it was my mm. first Mother's Day. Um, he said, oh, something just wasn't sitting right with him and he wanted us to go to the pediatrician for blood tests, but he didn't want us to wait for Monday. He wanted us to go then and there and he phoned ahead to Santon Clinic and we rushed off to Santon Clinic. And I actually said to her dad in the car, what if it's something terrible like cancer? And he said, don't be silly. It's just a bacterial infection. Everything will be fine. And at the hospital, they obviously did bloods and um, we stayed the night for observation purposes. And in the morning, the pediatrician came in and closed the door and said, mommy and daddy, I have to tell you something. And that was the, the end of our worlds as we knew them. Mm. Sure, difficult period. Um, but I have to say the other thing about your story as well is how your family has come out uh, with great support in looking at the work, for instance, that Amy and Nikita did on social media and how, for instance, while you were looking for a donor, um, you've also now actually reached a point where you're spreading a much bigger message and it's not really just about Mackenzie. Yeah, it's unreal what Amy and Nikita managed to achieve while we were in there. We actually had no idea of what was going on and the movement that had begun. Um, the Mighty Mac and Max Army that my sister Amy and Bronson's sister Nikita started. And what they've achieved with that is 
beyond miraculous. Uh, apparently, the, the the donor agencies received more sign-ups during that period that McKinsey was ill than they had sort of ever received in that time period before. So countless lives have been saved by that. And in fact, something very close to home was her godfather, mm. his name is Chad, he actually got called up after having signed up as a donor on the registry and he got called up as a match for somebody and he did a donation about three months ago. So he saved somebody's life as a result of Mackenzie getting sick, which, um, yeah, is uh, very meaningful yeah. to us, obviously. Life-saving decisions. <laughs> Life-saving decisions there that have been made yeah. uh, by Amy and Nikita. Uh, but thank you so much for making time for us. And thank you so much, Megan, for sharing the story and the journey that you and Mackenzie, as well as a father, are going through. Really appreciate it. And uh, congratulations course. to the medical team as well. And may they unleash more medical frontiers. I I do not doubt them for one second. I believe that they will conquer milestones and there's nowhere else in the world that I would rather be receiving this type of treatment. Yeah. I think we are leaps and leaps and ahead of the rest of the world with regards to that type of care in our private sector here. So well done to the team. Yeah. And please give Mackenzie a happy birthday kiss in advance. <laughs> <laughs> we will do. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. That's Megan Friedman, Bye-bye. who is uh, the mother of um, Mackenzie Friedman, better known as Mighty Mac.